0: hi i'm evangelist felicia wallace thank you for tuning in to the Alight for christ podcast where our aim is to reach the masses for christ in this current day of chaos distractions and confusion we have set out on this journey to encourage the weary revive those of us who have been complacent in our faith and redirect the lost and misguided we are ordained pastors of the light of the world church of god Organized under the Church of God Ministries, Anderson, Indiana. We hope you will consider supporting our ministry by visiting our website at alightforchrist.com or from the links provided on our podcast episodes. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you. Did you know just answering a simple question can have severe consequences if you're not careful? In this episode, let us not be deceived, we will share how we must think before we respond so we can discern hidden motives. So take a moment to take a listen and be blessed. Our scripture reading for today is going to be found in the book of Genesis chapter 2 beginning at verse 15 and also Genesis chapter 3 beginning at verse 1 and it reads as follows. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now we will read Genesis chapter 3 beginning at verse 1. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. What we're gonna be talking about today is, first of all, God says what he means, and he means what he says. Everything here you can have. You're free to eat from any of the trees in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. We must follow God's instructions when he tells us what we're supposed to do. Then we have to follow it and we have to follow it to the letter. In this case, he says, you will surely die. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be a physical death right now. But it just means that something that God had intended for you It's not going to come to fruition because we're not in the will of God. Most of the time, those of us who are God-fearing people, it is not our intentions to disobey God. It's not our intentions. But what happens is, is that we get deceived just as Eve got deceived. We get deceived because the enemy who is vying for our souls, and you will hear me say this often, he has nothing good for us. His desire is to have something detrimental happen to us, particularly when God has given us an instruction, is to put us in that place of disobedience. So what does he do? He's crafty. When someone's crafty, that means they really take time out to know how to do things in a deceptive and in a very manipulative manner. It's not something that's kind of impulsive for the most part that's their nature. Their nature is to try to deceive and to try to pull people off center. And I think what we have to understand is the enemy is good at what he does. He's good at it. And we are no match for the enemy by ourselves. We have to have the help of the Lord working in our lives. This is why it's so important for us to acknowledge God in the things that we do because without him, and against Satan, we are powerless. And I wanna make that perfectly clear. We cannot defeat the enemy in our own strength. Chapter three, verse one, it tells us, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, first he comes with a question, and this is very clever, because he came with a question to make her ponder it. Did God really say, to make her think about it. Did you misunderstand what God was saying? Did you get it right? I mean, did he really say that? How many times the enemy has done that or you find yourself pondering or compromising something that you know that you're not supposed to do because you're trying to convince yourself that you heard something other than what you heard? When he came and questioned her about what God had said, he didn't question her verbatim. He came back and said, did God really say So he began from a crafty standpoint to break her down, to make her second guess what the instructions were that she had been given. He asked her a question that was sowing the seed of doubt. That's what he does. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? asking the question so the doubt is there now the mind is wondering then the woman by the time she answered she says we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden so she got that part right but what did she says next and you must not touch it God didn't say touch he just said you must not eat from the tree He said, you can't eat from the tree. So when the enemy asked her that question and started her mind to thinking and racing differently, she added to the instructions that God had given. So now she's confused. See, that's confusion. So first he sows the seed of doubt, then makes her question herself. Then she tries to respond and she responds in confusion. And look at what he does too. This is the enemy. He doesn't quote the scripture, what God says. When the enemy asked the question in chapter three, he says, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see how he turned that around? God said, you can eat, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, except the one in the middle. See, that was the instructions. Wouldn't you agree? That's very crafty because he didn't come back and say exactly what God said. He twisted it and said, did he say you couldn't eat from any tree? That's important for us to get because this is what the enemy does with scripture. And this is what false prophets do with scripture all the time. They don't stick to what God is saying. They kind of twist it and turn it the way they want it to be. This is so important because this is how we get pulled off center. That's what people do to us really when we think about it. They mess us up like that. This is how we get off centered and this is how we get confused. We have to remember what God told us. That's why it says that the serpent was more craftier because he started it, he got her because he asked the question. When someone come and ask you a question, don't think that you have to immediately start answering. First of all, most of the time, depending on how personal the question is or, or the direction that the question is going, unless it's how's the weather, then you can answer that pretty directly. Yeah, it was raining outside or it's cold. But if someone asks you a question that's more personal and more in-depth, it's okay for you then to ask them a question. Follow up their question with the question so that you can get an idea of where they're trying to go. But what do we do? Most of the time, we just start talking. Just think. She didn't have to answer that question. She could've asked him a question. She could've said, why are you asking me about the fruit in the tree in the garden? Why? How come you're asking me that? What are you doing in the garden? She could've asked him that. What are you doing in the garden? But immediately, just like most of us who do, she just started talking. She just started talking instead of asking a question back. There was a reason that God told her not to eat the fruit from the tree. But as you can see in this conversation that she's having with the serpent, that part of it isn't even coming up. What God had said in the first place to totally take it in a a whole different context. See, if God tells you not to do something, he's going to give you the reason for not doing it. He's not going to just keep you out in the air where you have no idea. He doesn't do that. And he clearly said, you are not to partake from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you do, you will surely die. She said, he said, you must not touch it or you will die. She totally forgot the reason why God told her not to do it in the first place. How many times we have done that? We totally forget what God tells us to do. So now that she's totally off-centered, she's added to what God has said, the serpent comes back, and he reassures her. He reassures her. See, now he broke her all the way down, because now he's going to tell her just the ultimate lie. He reassures her that you will not surely die. And then he goes on to say why God said that in the first place. Now keep in mind, she has totally forgot the reason why God said for her not to partake of the tree. So he says in verse 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Now think of that, think of that. So now, somebody come and tell you, you're gonna be like God. And you would have thought at that point, the woman would have, maybe the light would have came on. He did say good and evil. He finally did work that in there. See, if he had said, oh, you know, if you eat from that tree, then you're gonna be able to, to distinguish good and evil then maybe she would have remembered and said, oh, that's right, God said for me not to, not to partake from that tree because uh, then you know, I would know good and evil. But instead, again, he enticed her. What am I gonna get out of this? Well, I'm gonna be able to be like God. So he said that before he said good and evil now the temptation just got the best of her. She got an opportunity to be like God. That was the attraction. It wasn't the attraction of the fruit itself because they had plenty of fruit to eat. It was what she thought she was gonna gain as a result of eating this particular fruit. Curiosity just got the best of her. So the heightened of sin was there. The attraction was there. And that's how the enemy gets us to fall into our pitfalls. He makes us think that we're going to get this this great reward or something for joining into sin. And so he makes it so attractive to us that it's just too irresistible. So she takes another look at the tree, and she sees that it's pleasing to the eye, that it looks good for food, and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she got attractive, and it just got the best of her. But... Just as we humans are, we don't wanna stay in it by ourselves just in case. We want somebody else to be able to share in the mess, in the consequence. So she gets her husband and he partakes of it. He disobeys God, so he ate some and then they immediately knew that they were in trouble. And that's just what sin does. It entices you. See, we're enticed by our own evil desires. That's what the devil does. He tempts us first, and then he just keeps enticing us by our own evil desires, and then we're eventually dragged away. She was enticed, she gave some to her husband, and then they both realized that they were naked. Now they're they're trying to hide because they were ashamed, because they disobeyed God. So we have to understand that God says what he means, He means
1: what he says. Hi, this is Pastor Melvin. We hope you've been uplifted by the word today. We hope you were blessed. But, you know, I want to talk to you about the urgency and the importance of being right with Christ. Romans 10, beginning in verse 8, gives us instruction. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Are you willing to give your heart today? If so, repeat after me. Dear Lord, I admit this day that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. I believe that you are the atoning sacrifice for my sins and that you died on the cross to pave the way to eternal life. I ask you Come into my heart and make me whole again through the power of your resurrection that I may be born again and enter into the fellowship of the universal body of Christ. In Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Welcome to the family. And stay planted in the Lord. This is very important. So God bless you.